This podcast, Arts at Nine, is coming to you from the Sudbury Theatre Centre in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. It was originally broadcast on the community radio station CKLU 96.7. Weekly, it delves into the art scene in Sudbury with short interviews, music by local musicians, shout-outs to local artists, and, of course, a fascinating featured guest. In today's show, you'll hear from Artistic Director of the Sudbury Theatre Centre, John McHenry. You'll hear music by Lisa Marina Ponce and Iona Reed Pukara. From Sudbury businesswoman, Bobby Dysinger. And the featured guest is Wabgishi Grice, novelist and former CBC radio host. Wab talks about his book, Moon of the Crusted Snow, and his new novel coming out in 2022. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Arts at Nine on CKLU Radio, your arts program where it's all about artists of every kind in Sudbury. I'm your host, Judy Strawn, and what better way to kick off an art show than by having a conversation with John McHenry, Artistic Director of the Sudbury Theatre Centre. John, welcome to what is actually your show. After all, this was your big idea. It was, wasn't it, Judy? (laughs) What was I thinking? I don't know what you were thinking, but today is the day and we're kicking it off. That was the first time we got to hear... Matt Foy's intro music to the show. What do you think? I know. It It sounds like the beginning of a Bond movie. I know. I can see you doing the Bond moves, actually. <laughs> uh, terrific. And, and, and don't forget, it was uh, also written by uh, Ziggy. Ziggy, his six-year-old yeah. son. And next week, we'll actually have a conversation with Matt Foy about uh, his creation of the music and about what role that Ziggy played. So, John McHenry... Why are you doing a radio show? Well, I've often been told I have a face for radio. So I thought, during these COVID times, we can't perform on our stage, so why not do a radio show? And I got up, had the idea, approached you, and here we are. And here we are. And you know, I might add, there are two cameras, one over each of our shoulders, the Eastlink television cameras. So those of you watching on Eastlink, you can see whether or not he has a face for radio. Uh, John, describe where we are right now. Well, we're actually in the Sudbury Theatre Centre rehearsal hall. We've taken up about a sixth of the space. Um, ben has built us some walls, draped them with black velvet curtains, put a rug on the floor, And here we are. And it looks like a regular radio studio. It's very intimidating. Well, only the cameras make it intimidating. Mm, I don't know. So we have some great guests coming up over the next few weeks. I wonder if you can give us a sense of who has been invited in. We do. And I'm I'm really impressed at, of the number of people who have said yes, who want to jump on board with us. you know something? Us. Everybody has of said course. yes. <laughs> really? Well, I think, I think people are itching to do things during mm-hmm. these COVID times. Mm-hmm. And you know what, John? I must say, in my recollection, I cannot think of one show in the past 40 years that has been strictly one hour on the arts. So there you go. So who's coming up? Well, we have novelist Rosanna Battagelli. She has a new book out. Well, also, besides the new book, I've been reading Facebook posts where they're making a movie out of one of her books. So we'll have lots to talk about that day. Oh, can't wait. And also, uh, Jeff McCausland, a politician and an active professional musician. Who knew? Who knew and what caused that? Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to hear about him. Um, Jopo, we all love Jopo. And she's going to tell us about her recording in Memphis. Yeah, that'd be pretty exciting. 
Also, Rihanna Brown is going to talk about BIPOC artists in Sudbury, oh, a yeah. very topical issue at the moment. And she's just a great person to talk Isn't to she? as well. She's mm-hmm. so animated. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Farrell is going to give us the lowdown on his downtown Stompin' Tom Connors. I happen to know you're a Stompin' Tom fan, and I, I saw am. you had a, well, your picture with him. You know, my first season here at STC opened with the Ballad of Stompin' Tom, and it was a, just a fantastic show. I wish I had directed it, but I didn't. I let Rob Kempson direct it, and he did an outstanding job. I couldn't have been more happy. Yeah, but what were you thinking? And I know. Yeah, you should have been right? doing it for sure. And, and then who's coming? Well, and don't forget, we also have Alessandro Constantini. He's going to talk all things Yes Theatre and also about his touring with the musical Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, he was all over the United States and he Canada. Was. It's been suspended at the moment because of COVID, but they're hoping to come back mm-hmm. and start touring again next year. And then, who do you have? And also Sarah Gartshaw, an Indigenous writer here in town, theatre creator, is going to uh, bring us theatre from the streets. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. It is. There are more people coming in and out of this revolving door. It'll be pretty exciting it in the be. next weeks to come. Uh, John, I know you have relatives in England, and they too can hear this show. How do you hear the show if you're out of Sudbury? Uh, well, I do have all my family in England, and, and they can listen to it on the Radio Player Canada app. They can download it on their computer or the tablet or phone, and, and they can also listen to over 500 stations. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I didn't know. I actually knew. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, when I go away, I listen to Sudbury stations when I'm really? down in the States. So, yeah, it's, it's terrific. It comes in just like you're at home. Yeah, I'm going to have to download it. Oh, for sure. And it's free. And it's absolutely free. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we have partners on this show, too. We need to say who our partners we are. We do. Um, a major partner is the Canada Council for the Arts, mm-hmm. but our local partners are the Downtown Sudbury BIA, Eastlink, uh, CKLU Radio, of course, and Sudbury Arts Council. And you know what? I have to say about Eastlink. We called. We were going to call this show Wednesdays at nine. Then we decided we to call it Arts at Nine because. Uh, but it is on Wednesdays at nine. Guess what? Eastlink is putting us on Wednesdays at nine as well, starting on October the twenty-first. Oh, that's terrific! And finally, in our announcements, I mean, today is a day of. We're sorry for people who don't like announcements, but we kind of need to. You need to let people know, you know, kind of what's happening. So podcast news, John, what's our podcast news? I know, our podcast, we're going to be available each Monday following the Wednesday broadcast um, as a podcast. So if anyone misses today's show, they can pick it up at any time, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, whether it's iTunes, Apple, Spotify. And thanks to Megan Karchi over at the Sudbury Arts Council for making this happen. I know. I feel we're everywhere, John. Like for us, us uh, dinosaurs, Mm -hmm. there's so much out there. Yeah, we are everywhere. We are everywhere. So, John, we just have to talk for a minute, really, a minute or two about what on earth is happening in theatre in Canada and specifically what's happening in theatre in Sudbury. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, we've had to cancel our 20... 21 season um, for obvious reasons uh, we can only have 50 people in the auditorium at once and it's just too difficult to mount a production uh, for 50 people and you know many people have said John you were ahead of the ahead of the curve by producing a series of one-person shows last season mm-hmm. 
I should have saved it for this season. Maybe we could have done it, but I don't want to do one-person shows again. But theatres are starting to open up. In fact, uh, Theo Fleury, Playing With Fire, uh, that opened last season, has just had a run in Edmonton at the Mayfield Dinner Theatre. So that's very exciting news. So bit by bit, theatres are opening Mm up. I think the one thing that... uh an audience audience members don't think about is the fact that there are so many people backstage there are technicians and cast members they can they have to be socially distanced wearing masks you just can't do it no absolutely and it's a whole process of of rehearsing and does everybody need to stay in a bubble there's so much to mm-hmm. take into consideration it's is it's, there anything going on in theater you can't do shows but is anything else happening in this building the Sudbury Theater Center we are people people want to use us um, we've had a couple of uh, rentals uh, for 50 people and that's okay you know we we do uh, toilet duty washroom duty and um, mm-hmm. yeah people are using us so if people wanted to rent your building if they want to have an anniversary a birthday or something with Absolutely. the family give us a uh, or even if even if 10 friends want to get together and have mm-hmm. a night out mm-hmm. come to STC we've got a great lobby a great lobby okay. a great um, bar you are closed for plays but not closed for business Absolutely. Uh, let's see we have coming up on today's show some pretty interesting things I think what's happening we do Wabgishu Grice, formerly of the CBC, coming to our little radio show. I know. You know, Wab Rice to me is the rock star of CBC (laughs) radio. And, you know, a wonderful writer. And I'm going to try to be, when he walks into the studio, I am going to be so cool. I'm just not going to pretend that I'm affected in any way. But I'm really looking forward to him walking in very shortly. Who else is going to be on with us? And um, so he has suggested music by Lisa Marie Naponce. And looking forward to a couple of tunes from Lisa Marie. Uh, And you know, when I asked him what he'd like to play, he said that immediately. And we have someone else coming from downtown Sudbury. Who's that? Bobby Dysinger. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to hear all about all about massage well (laughs) the news won't be all about massages but bobby has certainly been an arts uh, supporter promoter in downtown sudbury and this is all about the arts so bobby is a great first guest so what to expect on every show besides great guests we have things called a station id by Mm -hmm. artist now what is a station id by artist a station ID by artist. Well, I've seen you going around downtown and in New Sudbury and um, not attacking, but getting very close to some uh, local artists and asking them to do a station ID for us. Okay, so I stick my microphone in their you face do. and I just say, do an ID for CKLU Radio. And I think Ben is queued up to play one for us right now. Hey everyone, it's Joe Poe and you're listening to Arts at Nine on CKLU Radio. That's great. Fantastic. Exactly. So you'll hear all kinds of artists in and out of the program. Uh, If you're an artist listening to this and you want to do a station ID, just do one at home. Send it in to us at the Sudbury Theatre Centre to communications at sudburytheatre.ca. Send us your station ID. Say your name, what you do, and say it's for CKLU 96.7. So lots of shout outs. Uh, we have, besides sorry, sorry, besides station IDs, we have shout-outs. And what is a shout-out? Yeah, a shout-out is, some, is, is something that a, a community person has sent in to us. Uh, maybe it's their favorite Sudbury artist. So if you're sitting at home right now listening to this and you think, 
my favorite artist is, and by artist we don't mean just painter, drawer. What do we mean by artist, John? Artist could be anyone with talent. Or maybe no talent. <laughs> maybe no talent is your favorite no, artist. It, it could be a musician. Um, dancer. Dancer. Filmmaker. Actor. Yeah, the whole gamut. I, I would do my tattoo artist, but anyway. Um, people can do shout out to the artist, and they just email in a shout out. Absolutely. And they say, what else? Their name and who the artist is. Who and the then artist, what? and a little bit about who the artist is and why is it their favorite artist and we have a shout out today we, we actually received one john you take it over and our tell us about the shout out our first shout out is from carolyn otto and it's for iona reed Pukera. i would like to give a shout out to iona reed Pukera, sudbury's great musical treasure a world champion accordionist, Iona has spent a lifetime sharing the gift of music across the world. A very popular entertainer on both accordion and piano, Iona brings poised perfection to every event she plays. She has charmed audiences as a soloist, as a leader of the Iona Reed Pokera Trio, a member of the Hilltoppers Big Band and the Swing Fever Octet, and as a popular accompanist for the Sudbury Chamber Singers. Iona Reed is the musical queen of Sudbury. She is the musical Isn't queen she? of Sudbury. Uh, and Carolyn Otto, certainly Carolyn wrote more than we would expect people Absolutely. to write. You can write just a sentence if you want. John, you know how I can tell that you didn't grow up in Sudbury? I can tell right now. You know why? Why? Because we know it's Pukara. On paper, it looks like Pukera, but it's Pukara because her husband... Carl Pukera was one of the musical legends up until he passed right. away in, in 1998. So you are excused. Pukera. Pukera. You are excused because you didn't grow up in Sudbury. Since we've mentioned Iona Reed Pukera, uh, I really think we should turn the clock back and listen to a piece that was recorded in 1993 with her then-husband, Carl Pukera, and we're going to be hearing Dizzy Fingers, and after Dizzy Fingers, we will be talking to Bobby from downtown Sudbury. So take it away, Iona. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm Judy Strawn, and this is Arts at 9 every Wednesday morning at 9 on CKLU Radio and on Eastlink Television Channel 10 and 610. We have just uh, said adieu to John McHenry for a few minutes, and he'll be back, but sitting in front of me right now is Bobby Dysinger. Bobby... Today we are chatting with you as the owner of All About Massage and Laser Services located in the heart of downtown Sudbury and you are celebrating 20 years of business. Since Bobby began running the business in 2010, she has been expanding and renovating the space to match the tranquility of the services she provides. And Bobby, I can attest to that because you know I'm at your place about once a month. <laughs> Hi, Judy. Hi, yes. Bobby. Nice to have you nice joining us to today. Be here. You not only have a fantastic business where really you can give every service in massage, in face, in pedicure, in manicure, in electrolysis, in the whole gamut, the whole list, but I do know that you have the odd thing that only you have at your studio. You have some special machinery or some special anything. What do you offer that's just a little beyond what the expected is? Um, well, I think you're referring to our body sculpting. Could be. Could be. <laughs> yes. So we do, uh, um, almost two years ago, we brought up to Sudbury um, a new technology in body sculpting and fat reduction using radio frequency called True Sculpt ID. And uh, we were really excited at the time to be able to offer that uh, up here in the north. And it is a, a unique treatment and service. And uh, yeah, it's been a great compliment to our services. Absolutely. And you know, when I saw your equipment, I thought, this is this reminds me of the Oprah Winfrey show when she used <laughs> to show, she'd have the best equipment from all across North America. And here you have it at All About Massage. Um, also, congratulations on all the rentals that you did over COVID. Give us an idea of how you've changed your studio. Uh, well, we had to do um, some decluttering, to say the least, just to make sure that the space was nice and clean and clutter-free, so easy for uh, disinfecting. And we, of course, had to do our plexiglass uh, at the front uh, front desk. We uh, did a bit of recalibrate, or sorry, rearranging of furniture mm -hmm. to make sure we've got social distancing when clients are waiting for their services. We it, it's still homey, but it's safe. It's yes. homey and safe at the same time. Yeah. You know, one of the things I notice, Bobby, when I walk into your studio, the first thing I will see on the wall is a a piece of art, not a piece of art from somewhere, but anywhere. It's a piece of art by a Sudbury artist. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about any of the Sudbury artists that you've had so far? Well, um, I'm not sure how many years ago. So I've owned the business 10 years. And at some point, I had artists on Elgin approach me um, about showcasing some of their artwork. So local artists that would be um, showing showcasing at artists are in Elgin so we would have some rotating pieces so they'd come in and put some pieces up and rotate them you know once a month or, or a certain amount of time so we had started with that and uh, most recently uh, I participated in um Oh my gosh, I forget what we called the it. The art crawl. The art crawl, thank you. You're Which welcome. Was <laughs> that was done by the Sudbury Arts Council and by Manikla Go. Yes, 
so that uh, they had to modify the way they held that this year because of COVID. And uh, so we we have great uh, frontage at our space. We've got lots of windows. So we had uh, one of my personal favorite artists uh, around town, Jillian Schultz, who does the fabric uh, art, which I just, it's uh, amazing to me. You know, honestly, Bobby, that art that was in Jillian Schultz's art in your window, I would say that was a showstopper. You're walking down the street, you cannot help but stop and look at that. The chairs were absolutely fantastically colorful and beautiful and true works of art. Yes. So when we had, uh, when the businesses downtown got approached about participating in our crawl this year, um, I contacted Manik to to ask if I could suggest Jillian being in my window because I I would just be so proud to be able to showcase her work. Well, it sure worked. It, it was, did. Yes. It was absolutely great. Now, when Jillian Schultz isn't in your front window, no matter what, I walk through your front door and right away on the left-hand side, I'll see a, a work of art. And then I walk around the corner and I see more works of art. In fact, when I was there uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was even a sign saying you can buy some of these pieces of art. You could buy this painting for X number of dollars, or if you bought two paintings, it would be for X number of dollars. Oh, yes. Where did all that come from? Well, actually, that's quite exciting because I wasn't sure where you were going with that at first, and then when you said the pricing, uh, one of our RMTs uh, does artwork now. So she, uh, Christy Paradis, she is one of our RMTs, and during the shutdown, when she had three months at home, she started uh, experimenting, doing paint pours and doing um, some artwork. So she had been putting it online on Facebook just really to pass the time. So I told her, or I asked her, can we please bring some of your art and hang it on our walls and you should be selling this because the reaction from everyone online was uh, so genuine and so exciting that, uh, yeah, so she's we've, we've now been uh, showcasing some of her work. So not only is she our RMT, one of our RMTs, but... An RMT um, for, for us is... Oh, registered massage therapist. And she is our artist in residence now as well. So that's quite exciting. So I will look forward to seeing more of her works. There, there was a pair that I really liked, kind of done in turquoise, that really caught yes, my eye. Yes. I liked those a lot. Yes. Um, as I continue to go into your business over the next several weeks and months and years, will I see this art change up to include other artists in town, or do you have a plan? Um, well, we're always uh, open to to showcasing art, local art. So I'm uh, not so much that I have a plan in place, but um, I've put that out there to the art community that I would love to showcase more. I'd love to use our front window for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had you know grandiose ideas of of being able to. The, our space is kind of unique in that there's an open space on our main floor that's surrounded by windows. I can even visualize hanging from the ceiling different pieces of art so that we're on a on a corner so we've got two uh street through walkways um so it really would be an uh, an a very opportune time for someone to hang some art in there mm-hmm. and i'm curious you said you put it out there to the art community and um i'm wondering if you can narrow that down and just tell us how you put it out there because if somebody's listening they'll they'll want to know how do i get in touch with you what do i do what are the Well, they could definitely, anyone could get in touch with us directly just by calling the spa. For sure, we would be uh, interested to speak directly with 
any artist. Um, I know Monique Legault, uh, she's also aware that uh, that we'd love to use our front window more than just for the art crawl, but at any time we would, uh, we would that space would be available for artists to use. That would be terrific. So I'm hoping that there are some artists out there listening who say, ah, that's exactly what I would like to do. And, and we, um, Bobby, I hope you're going to have a huge problem of having all kinds of artists contact you and having, and having that list and say, oh yes, we can take you next year at yep. such and such time. That would <laughs> yes. be terrific. You also have supported the arts by more than hanging art in All About Massage. You've quietly supported the arts in other ways. How have you done that? Um, well, in simple ways, as, as far as, um, you know, doing, uh, participating in different marketing campaigns with some of the local organizations like the Subway Symphony in the past, uh, Subway Theater Center, of course, I've always been a, a, a big supporter of, uh, you know, donating mm-hmm. gifts and prizes, donating, uh, I, I sat on the board for a short time as well, so do, donating a bit of mm-hmm. time, but also just being a, a loud vocal champion of the arts as you well. You are a champion of the arts, you have been supportive of the Sudbury Theatre Centre, and Every time I see an arts organization raising money, I don't have to look very far till I see your name and All About Massage somewhere. So on behalf of those arts organizations and the artists, thank you so much for taking that very active part in the arts. Oh, you're most welcome. I feel that it's such an important thing to support for sure. We need we need more art in our in our lives. So if you could, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Okay. If you had all the power that you need to do something for artists in downtown Sudbury, what you what do you think could be done or should be done? Uh, what's that magic thing that the downtown Sudbury needs for the arts? Do you think? Oh, geez, that is a big that's a big question for sure. And I think I'm thinking something to do with education. In in, in the fact of uh, I know the funding for edu- art education is is getting uh, diminished so greatly, and and somehow promoting the importance of art in our mm-hmm. lives. And, you know, we're we're living in such a stressful time right now. And I know some people that don't understand the importance of art Mm -hmm. think that it should be the first thing that's cut. But it is it does so much for our mental Mm well-being and our mental health. It's interesting. One of the things that you just said about education and the arts, one of the things the Sudbury Arts Council dreams to do is to have an art, a kind of an art tour. You have a pamphlet or you have it on your phone and you can go around and see all of the art pieces downtown and Sudbury art pieces and know what they're about, the Anukshuk, whatever it happens to be, the Stomp and Tom, and just follow the Sudbury art. So wouldn't that be great? So when you get your many millions of dollars that you're going to win... Maybe you can help that happen. <laughs> oh, for sure. Bobby, it has been terrific having you drop by today and talking about art in downtown Sudbury, talking about all about massage. Uh, very much appreciative of your coming. And th- in a few minutes, we are going to meet former CBC radio host and author Wabgishig Rice to talk about uh, his, his particular art, which is writing a novel. And when we asked him what musician we should play, he said... Lisa Marie Naponce. She's a songwriter from Atikamekchegan, Anishinaabek, uh, whose accolades include winner of the Northern Lights Festival, Meltdown. Let's hear it, Ben.
That was Lisa Marina Ponce singing Spell. And in front of me is Wagisha Grace. And uh, it was Wab who recommended that we play her music. And that's a good choice on his behalf. <laughs> Wabgisha Grace is an author, journalist, and radio host originally from Waxoxing. First Nation near Perry Sound. Wab has published a short story collection, Midnight Sweat Lodge, and two novels, Legacy and Moon of the Crusted Snow. He was in the CBC radio chair for two years, hosting Up North until June 2020. Thanks to the Sudbury Arts Council for inviting Wab and welcome Wab Gishig Rice. What a pleasure to have you here. What a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Judy. Well, Wab, let's get to the truth here. You threw in the CBC radio towel a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Even though you were highly successful, well-loved, you changed the face of that program. You threw in the towel. What is up with that? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm very humbled and honored. Uh, You know, you view my tenure that way, so thank you very much. Uh, It was a wonderful job. It was the highlight of my journalism career for sure. Uh, But, you know, I've had this uh, career as an author, a 
parallel to my career as a journalist and it sort of got to the point where I had to make a choice you know you, you can't really have it all you know as much as I loved being on the radio across northern Ontario I had this other love of, of writing in a literary way and um, a bunch of opportunities arose at the same time and I just had to sort of jump off the mothership as we say mm-hmm. at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation so uh, yeah it was it was a bit of a tough decision because I really have felt the love from across northern Ontario um, especially here in Sudbury uh, since I came here to work this position but you know being able to work at home for myself and make up stories is is pretty great too so I couldn't really uh, couldn't really deny that part of, uh, of mm-hmm. my life anyway and I don't think any of us can really appreciate what that pressure is like every single day having to do a two-hour live radio show I mean you would be I would see you walking to the studio sometime in the morning you know later on in the morning and uh, I had I dropped by the studio sometimes at six o'clock I remember to interview you when you first started and mm-hmm. there you were so that's that's a lot of hours in a day of prep a lot of hours of, and there's a tension too when you're on the air live I, I oh yeah hmm. yeah it's they're busy days for sure and you know the show like many you know radio shows across the country and in all news organizations are pretty short staffed these days and uh so it was a constant uh list of tasks to get through on a daily basis um but by the time we got to air that's when the fun really started mm-hmm. you know you really feel that energy of connecting with people you know especially across such a vast landscape in northern ontario and i worked with a, a really wonderful team that, that made it really enjoyable mm-hmm. on a daily basis but you know it was a long day in the end you know from nine to six every day and then you know being able to set my own hours and work my own deadlines is you know just a a little more favorable so now you've gone from all of that to writing at home you have two small children Mm -hmm. a baby Mm -hmm. Uh, what's it like writing from home well it's it's you know a big shift um especially with our, our new son who's just about three and a half months old now uh, my wife sarah is on maternity leave uh, she works at public health sudbury uh but she's off until next june so you know it's been a matter of figuring out new routines um if i need to get out of the house i'll go to a coffee shop or, or somewhere you know in the summer it'd be like going to bell park or something like that to, to sit on my laptop but um you know it's been a bit of an adjustment but good i mean you know i, I feed off the energy and the love of being around my wife and kids at home and it really nurtures you know my creative spirit so uh it's you know really fun and uh really rewarding all around but it's you know a total shift from going to the you know hectic busyness of a newsroom to you know producing at home right so can you remember when it was that you first whispered in your own mind i'm going to be a writer do you remember that yeah, you know, it was when I was a teenager uh, living on the reserve in Wasoxing. Um, by the time I got to high school, I really enjoyed English class and uh, I liked reading and especially creative writing. And I started just writing stories by hand uh, for a fun hobby, you know, an outlet essentially. Uh, I didn't know then, though, that being a writer was a real possibility for me because I didn't know of other Indigenous writers at the time, right? This is back in the 1990s when I was a teenager because we weren't learning about them in in high school and the provincial curriculum there was just a neglect there of that rich storytelling that comes from indigenous nations right across the continent right so thankfully i had an aunt who who showed me various authors uh who were blazing trails at the time like thomas king and lee miracle you know richard van camp richard wagamese louise erdrick and so on and that's when i thought wow you know maybe this is a possibility for me so i kept it up you know i kept you know making up short fiction you know in my room at, at home on the res and uh 
after I decided to go into journalism and that's a whole other long story that you know we can talk about some other time um, but I sort of kept that up throughout my journalism career and just really wanted to pursue getting published someday and and I finally made that dream come true when Midnight Swell Edge came out uh, eight years ago and and I wasn't expecting that to really open up that many doors for me but it did and uh, two novels later with another one on the go it's, uh, it's changed my life essentially. So your latest one that was published, uh, Moon of the Crusted Snow, it's been quite a hit. It, it really has. What a good read. Could you give those who haven't read it, can you give them a little thumbnail sketch of what it's about? Yeah, Moon of the Crusted Snow is basically a post-apocalyptic novel uh, told through the perspective of a Northern Ontario First Nation. And what happens is a uh, mysterious blackout befalls the community and uh, the people soon learn that it's uh, pretty widespread, although the cause is mysterious. They don't know what happens uh things sort of start falling into decline although the community is pretty well equipped to to live on the land to go out and hunt and you know rely on the land itself for uh, resources and and sustenance uh but then uh, visitors arrive from a city to the south uh, fleeing the chaos of the apocalypse and then the community's uh forced to make some tough decisions and um that's sort of where the tension really starts to rise there is a lot of tension it, <laughs> it really is a good read you just have to keep oh, you have to keep you. going when I was reading it, I couldn't help thinking what a great movie it would make. Have you thought about it as a movie or not? It has been optioned. A uh, producer named Robin Cass is hoping to develop it. I mean, with anything, when it comes to screen development in Canada, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen. But the hope is that it becomes a, a six-part series uh, down the line. And um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Really? Mm -hmm. Are you announcing that first here on CKLU Radio? <laughs> <laughs> no. Does everyone know this and I don't? It's, it's been out there, but like not to great fanfare because, you know, there's no broadcaster lined up yet. It's still, you know, we're working with a writer named Ashlyn Halfnight who's uh, sort of developing the pitch that will go to broadcasters. So, you know, hopefully bigger news is to come, but, uh, you know, the rights have been optioned by uh, Robin Cass. So. And I do know that these things take years. Oh, they, yeah. don't, they just don't happen overnight. No, no. And, and I think the pandemic probably put everything behind in terms of uh, screen production uh, for a while but uh, from what I understand things are picking back up so hopefully there's an appetite to sign new uh, works uh, especially based here in Northern Ontario right where the film industry and the screen industry in general I think um, has found a good home. Uh, Moon of the Crusted Snow takes place on a northern reservation um, a, fic a fictional mm -hmm. northern reservation uh, what happens on that reservation? Are you taking from your own reservation? Are you taking a lot of the ideas, a lot of the people, a lot of that happening from from your own life experience? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, the social dynamics, uh, the political um, struggles, um, some of the social issues and social triumphs are really inspired by my upbringing in Wasoxing. Um you know, I was very fortunate to grow up in a community, uh, in the Shinabe community, um, that was, I guess, in transition back in the 1980s and 90s in terms of sort of reclaiming and reconnecting with Nishinaabe heritage. Uh, and, and the community in Moon of the Crested Snow, although fictional, is, is sort of in transition as well. It's, it's sort of adapting to new infrastructure, right, being a far northern community. Um, but, you know, everything that informs the community's de decisions and uh, how it chooses its own future and 
and sort of maneuvers through some of these new challenges is definitely inspired by what I saw growing up, right? And, um, you know, I just, I, I consider being raised in Wisoxing uh, on the reserve uh, one of the greatest gifts my parents gave me because it really grounded me in my culture and in my history and provided a really strong sense of identity from a pretty early age, right? And I, I certainly did learn uh, a number of things about the history in your book and, and really enjoyed learning it. Evan White Sky is the hero of Moon of the Crested Snow. And he's really a, a wonderful and caring community member, and he's always looking out for everyone else. And then enter Justin Scott. <laughs> Justin Scott is a white man. He comes into the community with a promise to help everyone, a uh, promise to make their lives better. When you were creating Justin Scott, how much did you want him to be a symbol of colonialism, or how much was he just the anti-hero for the story? Oh, he was very much both, but I pretty much created him in mind of uh, being, you know, an allegory for colonialism, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I think part of that is trying to reflect some modern realities about Northern First Nations, especially, that are continuing to deal with uh, ongoing settler colonialism, right? Like their resources being exploited and targeted by external forces and, you know, other social issues happening as a result of being displaced, right? And, and uh, that's not new, you know, and that's not fictional. That's a, re a real life uh, situation in a lot of Northern communities. So. Justin Scott, yeah, you know, even though this community has been displaced from the South and it's there and it's endured, you know, all the colonial horrors like residential school and the 60 scoop and so on, uh, they're at risk of being exploited once again when they're once again vulnerable, you know, and that's sort of what Justin Scott is. He, he, he sort of represents that yet another wave of colonialism coming in to exploit the people. Oh, so. and, and when he enters the picture, we know he's evil. <laughs> Evan White's guy knows he's evil. Why people buy into to him though people buy into him that he's going to help and 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 he doesn't and we know he isn't going to but that's the part that's good storytelling that's for sure <laughs> uh, your novel contains conflict on many levels uh, but it does pause often for beautiful descriptive detailed moments it actually starts out with one of those with a, a moose being killed and there's a, a reverence for nature and there's tradition and there's culture later on in the book I was moved by your description of the military jacket. Oh. I loved that description. I just have to know for myself, is that a real military jack uh, jacket? Can you tell us about that? It was just beautiful. <laughs> No, um, but interesting you bring that up. Uh, it was, uh, how that scene started um, was from the button. Uh, and you'll remember Evan describes the buttons he sees on, on the wrist. And uh, I was part of a writing uh, cohort in Banff a few years ago. And one of the exercises was, you know, they handed out sort of a bowl of buttons. And we had to pick one out and sort of describe what this button was and try to make up a story around it, right? Uh, so that really was that writing exercise that I just picked and planted into the story. But, I, ho I hope you got an A plus on that. It was <laughs> wonderful. But, but the, you know, the, the image of the veteran um, being at, you know, Remembrance Day ceremonies and powwows is something that I'm familiar with, right? Because there's always that presence at, you know, a ceremonial um, events in, in a community. So that's sort of how I tie that into the story. And, uh, but yeah, you know, when you're a writer, you, you sort of save these moments here and there and use them where you need them. It was a 
beautiful piece. And when we're reading uh, a story with the action, with the conflict, with not knowing what's going to happen, I think stopping to describe these things and to to, to hear the crunch of the snow mm-hmm. and the snowshoes and all of those, I, I think it's a, a wonderful mixture. Oh, we don't get to meet many women in Moon of the Crusted Snow. We get we get to meet a couple, of mm-hmm. course, but we don't get to meet very many. Was this deliberate on your part? Uh, it's such a man's world. Can you talk about is that? Is that residence life that it's more a man's world? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, and you know, for me, it was important to have uh, Nicole Evans' partner pretty much uh, almost equally represented, right? You know, he's tasked with being, you know, the leader and and you know, undertaking these various uh, efforts to uphold order and that kind of thing. But that's just because of his position within the band. Whereas Nicole, I think she is more of the sort of spiritual and an emotional foundation, which the women. Are in the Shnavik culture, right? And that's why Aileen, the elder, is also the central elder figure. You know, there's not a man elder that they're going to for um, learning and for culture. They're going to Aileen, this one figure who really is the, the pillar of the community, right? And so. she is so beautifully drawn. You don't have as many women as men, but the ones that you have are beautifully drawn. I don't want to tell anybody anything more about her (laughs) um, because I think people need to read the book and I I wouldn't want to to say things I shouldn't. But let's go just for a moment to the title, Moon of the Crusted Snow. It almost sounds like a Harlequin romance. There's something so romantic about that vision, that sound. Where did it come from? Good question. Uh, I really struggled with what to call it. And uh, I had this little dictionary of uh, the Ojibwe dialect for my community. You know, it's a little pocket-sized thing like that. And uh, I referred to it when I was, you know, writing the Ojibwe language into the story, right? Um, and, And I had this scene uh, where Evan uh, in the second half of the story after that moment where he's visiting with Aileen and he's looking at that jacket he leaves her house and he's trying to figure out what time of the year it is because by that point it's been four months since the blackout and they you know they've lost all sense of the calendar pretty much right so he's trying to remember what exactly it could be and then he's trying to jog his memory about you know the names of the months in Nishnabemwin or Ojibwe so he's reminded of uh, you know the crested snow moon or the moon of the crested snow which is Onabene Gizis. And each community in reality um, and different dialects have different names for the different months. So that could be, you know, March or it could be February, depending on where you are. So he's sort of debating that in his mind. And then he says, oh, you know, this is the moon of the crested snow. And I came to that because my wife, uh, I was just reading random things. And, and I was like, oh, you know, like, here are the months. And there's March, Onabene Gizis, uh, moon of the crested snow. And she's like, well, there's your title right there. So I was like, okay. She's so smart. <laughs> exactly, it is the yeah. title. I, I actually, I really love it. Oh, and thanks. it's got, it's got a sense of mystery about it as mm-hmm. well and romance. Now you're working on your next novel and I know absolutely nothing about it. And I'm sure not many people do. Can you give us some hints about, is it on a reservation? Is it up north again? What's it about? Well, it's the sequel to Moon of the Crested Snow, and it will take place about 10 years after the end of uh, this book. And uh, 
what happens is, and I'm still developing it, I'm still researching it, I haven't actually started writing, but uh, the way the plot will unfold is there's a core group of community members led by Evan and his daughter, uh, Nungos, who uh, want to figure out what happened to the world. So they venture south to see what's left of the world and to also try to reclaim their traditional homelands on, on Georgian Bay. Um, because that's, I think, one of the key points of, of this book is that it's a displaced people who've gone to the far north, right? Um, so yeah, that's sort of, sort of in a very uh, small nutshell what it's going to be. And well, I'm happy to hear that because I, I want to continue knowing about Evan. I want to continue mm-hmm. knowing about that. And so I think you are definitely on the right track. Oh, well, and I thanks. look forward to it. When will it be out? Or do you have a It's supposed to be out uh, in late 2022. I have my first draft due next September. So I have a year to write the thing. Um, okay. And, you know, I wasn't planning on doing a sequel at all. But thanks to the interest uh, in the book okay. and, you know, a tenacious agent, Denise Bukowski, who connected me with Penguin Random House, uh, I, I switched careers and now I'm a full-time writer working Fantastic. on the sequel. So. Well, if you need any help, don't call me. I know nothing about it. <laughs> As we uh, kind of wind up our conversation here, Wob, um, I'm going to give you a questionnaire. Oh, okay. A surprise question. Sure. At the end of each television show, the actor's studio host Le- James Lipton borrowed from the Bernard Pivot, Michel Proust question- questionnaires which would find out some interesting things about the guest's personality. We have adapted Lipton's questionnaire, and now we'd like to ask you the Arts at Nine questionnaire. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) What is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word uh, would probably be, um, I would say, revival. What is your least favorite word? Um, Loss. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Being in the bush, by the water. What turns you off? Uh, Loud noises in an urban setting. What is a sound or noise you love? The laughter of my children. What is a sound or noise you hate? I think you already told us. (laughs) Uh, I guess conflict, turmoil, shouting people. You don't like that. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would like to attempt uh, something a little uh, more crafty, like maybe carpentry. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, Chief of a First Nation. (laughs) (laughs) What is your principal fault? My principal fault? Oh, I've I've lots of them. Um, I would say, uh, I guess, procrastination. And what would you like to be remembered for? Uh, being a kind and respectful person. Wob, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. All of the best on your new novel. I can't. I, I would like to buy the first one. If you can remember that in for 2022, sure. I would like to buy the first <laughs> one. And now, Wob Gishig Rice's choice of musical artist Lisa Marina Ponce and Yo-Yo.
Welcome back, John McHenry, Artistic Director of the Sudbury Theatre Centre. John, that was so exciting for me. I hope I didn't look like sort of a in a mosh pit <laughs> at a rock concert. Not at all, Judy. That was so in, much in fact, fun. We were, I was doing almost the same behind the wall. I know. You know that was such an excellent inter- oh, interview. I'm going to have to go out and buy the book now. Oh, well, you can't have mine. I'll just say that. So, John, what is on the show next week? Oh, we're doing this again. <laughs> We're doing this again okay. and again and again. So next week we have Salty Dog, mm-hmm. Matt Foy. There'll be some theatre talk. Maybe artist Monique Legault will stop by. And you never know who. Well, I can't wait to find out more from Matt Foy about this piece of music that 
we're playing in the mm-hmm. show. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And of course, we both know Monique Legault, and she's always got something on the go. Yeah, that Monique Legault. Uh, and we want, we have a reminder for everyone about the shout outs. What is a shout out again? Yeah. We need to remind them. Send in your shout out, your favorite artist in Sudbury, um, whether it's a musician, actor, dancer, whoever. Mm. And you, you send it to communications at sudbytheater.ca. So everyone listening, you have homework. We need to know who your favorite artist is and why they're your favorite artist. And I'm going to write one for my tattoo artist. I swear I'm going to do it. But I don't know his real name, actually. I only know his fake name. <laughs> he, he's like an actor. He's got a stage name. So, and I don't know why that is. And I can't say it on the air. I can't say what his stage name is. Uh, also, we encourage everyone to click the donate button on the homepage of CKLU Radio. CKLU Radio is a volunteer, not for profit radio station. All volunteers. Or if you are madly in love with theater, want to support theater and John McHenry and the Sudbury Theater Center, go to their homepage and click on because even though there isn't a lot going on in the arts, we can still support the arts. Absolutely. And if you don't want to click on, just give us a call. Will you answer? Are you there? We're we're here. (laughs) We'll answer. All right. You will answer. People can leave a message. Uh, You can answer. Support. And you know what? It doesn't have to be CKLU Radio or the Sudbury Theatre Centre. Just supporting arts. Absolutely. You know, buying tickets for something, buying a 50-50 draw for an organization. Yeah. What would we have done without the arts? during COVID-19. Just think about how much mm-hmm. music, how many things that we, I, I continue to watch and boy, it'll be something to get out. I'll be kind of nervous to get out. It'll be exciting, but I'll, I, I've been home alone for such a Absolutely. long time. Don't let your husband know that. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Sorry. Uh, we've had a number of people helping us uh, put together today's program. We have. We haven't done it by ourselves. We certainly haven't. Thanks to all of those who have helped with this week's show, to Megan Karchi, Alana Renschel, Maggie LeBlanc, Ben Whiteman, I'm Judy Strawn, and I'm John McHenry. And remember what Einstein said, creativity is contagious. Pass it on. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye for now.